Well, good morning. It was about a year and a half ago, I was on my phone, and uh, a headline came across my screen, something about COVID-19. And I didn't really care because I was reading about season two of The Mandalorian, right? Important stuff. And then a few months later, uh, sometime later, I hear that, man, this, this new infection has taken over a hospital in China, and they're building new hospitals to deal with it. And I thought, you know, that's okay, because the next time I'm going to China is never. So, you know, not a problem. And then later, I hear there's a big outbreak in northern Italy. And I'm like, still okay. Wife's gluten-free. We don't eat pasta, okay? Uh, but then it's on the coast of the United States. And then the governor says... Uh, we're locking down Arkansas. And what started as this global crisis suddenly became my reality. And what started at a market in China like hit home when I tested positive on New Year's Eve, my whole family. And you're like, this is serious. And you know, this, this worldwide pandemic started to affect everything about my life, my job, my budget, my community group, my church, how we worship, my kids' preschool, it even changed the way Chick-fil-A tasted in my mouth, okay? And so this worldwide pandemic suddenly was a part of my daily life, and it has affected all of us. This thing that was kind of out of sight, out of mind, suddenly was affecting all of our daily decisions. And it affected all of us differently, it still is, some of us more than others, but we're all involved. And this morning... We're here on Global Sunday. We're here to praise God for his heart for the entire world. And we're gonna worship him and learn more about his word. Revelation 5, 9 says, Jesus, you are worthy because with your blood, you purchased people from every tongue, tribe, and nation of the earth. We are in the midst of another global crisis, one that's been going on for far longer. And it's that Jesus has paid a debt for all the peoples of the earth and yet there are billions that have never even heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And New Heights, I'm inviting us this morning to make that global crisis our reality. It will affect all of us differently, some more than others, but we all will be involved. We all have a part to play. Jesus makes this clear in a verse that we're gonna unpack this morning, and we have some special guests to read that verse for us this morning. Take, take a look at this. Good morning. This is uh, Paul and Chelsea Strong. Hey, we're Ryan and Corey Selig. Hi, we're Jack and Lael Crabtree. Hi, my name is Hannah Baez. Hi, my name is John Carney. Hola, we're Miguel and Becky Aguirre. My name is Rachel Dennis. Hello, we are Rochani's family. Hi, this is Dylan and Molly Fila. And this is Luke 10 2 in Spanish. In the Wantakia tribal language. In Kiswahili. In Albanian. In Spanish. In French. In Sinhalese. In Albanian language. Saga, Sisasi, Amababi, Yagala, Puhui, Tarawuda. Lakini, Wabunaji, Ni Wachache. Goy, Thor, Thor. La mies, a la verdad, es mucha. Mas los obreros pocos. Emisa Goyam Capimata. Que mande obreros a su campo. Isn't that incredible? 
I struggle with English. That's awesome. Praise God for them. Hey, that was Luke 10.2. That was just seven of our 38 global worker families and singles that live around the world, represented by all these flags around the room. These are the countries. There they work. And uh, that was Luke 10.2. Luke 10.2 says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. We're going to unpack these nine words this morning. The harvest. What is the harvest? More importantly, who is the harvest? Really simply, the harvest are people. The harvest is people who don't know God and don't worship him as their savior, okay? That's who the harvest is. And it was a long time in my walk with Jesus and my Christian life before I knew there was a difference between those that are lost here and those that are lost far away. Those that are lost, what we would call reached people, and those are unreached peoples. And so let's talk about the difference between reached and unreached. Both are part of the harvest, but there's a difference between them. Okay, a reached person would be a 25-year-old girl in Fayetteville, Arkansas, okay? She may not be a Christian. She uh, may not go to church. She loves her Lulus and lattes, okay? She's your basic Fayetteville-ian, okay? She loves uh, her life. And as she's driving around town, she passes churches on the street that she's never been in, but they speak her own language. And she has, uh, can look up on Spotify and find a Christian podcast in her own language. And she can go to any hotel, open the top drawer, and there's gonna be a Bible in her own language, okay? She may never put her hope in Jesus Christ, but she has access to the gospel, and so we call her reached. So let's contrast that with a 25-year-old girl from Saudi Arabia. She's never met a Christian in her whole life. She doesn't even know if there's a Bible translation in her own language. There are no Christian podcasts in her language, and she has never come to know the saving power of Jesus Christ. Are both of these girls lost? Yes. Should we be trying to reach both of these girls? Absolutely. Is Jesus the only hope for both? Yes. Yes. But the difference is, the reached have had access to the gospel almost their entire lives, and unless something changes, the unreached never will. Are they both part of the harvest? Yes, but there needs to be a priority shift to those without access. They're both part of the harvest. Some of us, I'm sorry, uh, both of these girls are part of the harvest. So who is the harvest? The harvest is the reached and the unreached, okay? Moving on, the harvest is great. The harvest is great. There are roughly 7,000 groups of people on the planet that we would call unreached people groups. 7,000 groups that need access to the gospel. And most missiologists and different uh, think tanks around the world estimate that the unreached populations grow about 70,000 people every day. There are 70,000 more unreached people born every day. That's 26 million more a year. The harvest is great. It's so great that the number is growing faster than Christians are reaching them. Not only is the harvest great, but it is growing. The harvest is great. This is where they live. This is a map we call the 1040 window. This isn't where all of the unreached live, but it's where most of them live, about 90%. 
and it goes from 10 degrees north latitude to the 40 degrees north latitude, Africa, all the way over to Japan, including the Middle East, Asia, Southeast Asia, China. And this is where most of them live in the world. The harvest is great. This, this harvest of reached and unreached people is great, but Jesus gives us some encouragement. He says, but there are workers. There are workers. So who are the workers in this harvest? It's you and me. We are both part of this. Second Corinthians 5, 18 through 20 says, Christ reconciled us to himself, and then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making God's appeal through us, his appeal through us. So what is an ambassador, okay? An ambassador is someone that lives in a foreign nation to execute a mission. So the United States has consulates and embassies all around the world, and we send out ambassadors to go execute what the State Department, what the president and our government wants to happen. And so these ambassadors live now. Now, if the ambassadors did nothing but like go to tourist sites and take selfies, okay, they would not be doing their job. So they live in a foreign place, and they execute the mission that they were called to do. And so what is our jobs as ambassadors to Christ? Our job is to make the world know what our king has done for them. We are the ministers of reconciliation. God reconciled us to himself through the gospel, through Jesus Christ. And then what's crazy, he gave us that ministry. Now it's your job to help reconcile others. You're an ambassador. And so I just want everyone in here, here, watching online at home, wherever you are, listen to me. God wants to use you. Isn't that amazing? God wants to use you to reconcile people to himself. There are people in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your school, there are people that God wants you to reconcile, to have a right relationship with him. He wants them to hear the good news through you. He wants you to minister and pray for them, and he wants to use you to reach Fayetteville, to reach your neighborhood. But here's the catch. If we reached everyone in our neighborhood, the unreached would still be unreached unless someone goes to them. And so New Heights, some of us need to consider this morning if God wants to use us to reach the unreached in another place, just like these families we prayed over. The harvest of the reached and unreached is great, and it is growing. But there are workers, but Jesus says one of the saddest things, I think, in his ministry. He says the workers are few. The workers are few. There is one cross-cultural missionary for every 250,000 unreached peoples. There is one cross-cultural missionary for every 250,000 unreached peoples. And it's even more devastating than that. This last year in 2020, because of this global crisis, the end of worldwide travel, uh, that's now coming back on, but an estimated 40% of cross-cultural workers came home this last year. Some of them were forced. There are fam family members of New Heights that had 24 hours to evacuate their country. And many of them that are back and, and, and are wanting to go back to do their ministry where they are, their countries are using COVID as an excuse to not open up travel or visas. Or many of our global workers are just sitting here waiting to be used again, and they can't get back overseas to do what God has called them to do. Many of them are asking, man, God, what are you doing? This is what I've given my life to, and I'm stuck I mean, it's a tragedy that there's so many people that want to be used and can't. And so um, 
You know, a few weeks ago, we do lots of different ministries at Global Outfitters, different training events, and we had one over spring break we called World Culture Weekend. And we invited college students and young professionals to come, and we talked about different religions of the world, what the world believes, and then we went to places in Northwest Arkansas to see different people of different religions. We went to a mosque on Razorback Road, we went to the Hindu temple in Bentonville, and it was really fun, and we ate tons of global food, the best restaurants, it was awesome. Uh, but we had lots of global workers and missionaries come and talk to us over that time, and my friend Andrew came, he works with a ministry called Christar, and uh, he's the head of recruitment, and he came and shared with us one night, and he told me a story that I had just not forgotten ever since he said it. He grew up in rural Kansas. He said literally, like within 100 miles, there's like 50 families. We live in the middle of nowhere in this farming community. And all year long, we work all day uh, for one time of the year, that's harvest season. And we, when it's harvest time, when the crop is right, Everyone works all the time. We work overnight. We harvest. We're running the combines and the tractors to get the harvest because the harvest is ripe. And everyone's working like crazy to celebrate harvest time. And so he is driving on the highway and everyone's about done with harvest time. You know, you can see the tractors going throughout the field and he sees one field that's just untouched. One of his neighbors, there's, there's no one working at all. And he's like, what is going on? And every day he drives on the highway, he sees this, this crop that's just sitting there. And days turn to weeks, and eventually this entire crop rots on the vine. And he's like, where are the workers? Why are there no workers in this harvest? And he said they lost like their entire year's salary. What had happened is one family had sold their property to another, and they didn't know there was a crop out there. They didn't even know there was a crop in the field. A harvest without workers is a tragedy. And so I've been in a long time thinking, like as my job at Missions Pastor and at Global Outfitters, like why are the workers so few? Why are the workers so few? And I've come up with three reasons. The first is ignorance. Most Christians don't know God's word and they have little to no idea about what God's word says about reaching all the nations of the earth. It's all over here, over 1,500 times. And on top of that, most people don't even know about the world. Americans are horrible at geography. Can we all agree with that, okay? We don't know anything about the world. In fact, just last week, I was talking to a friend of mine who works for a missions organization, and he said, we found an old map in the attic, and the United States of America was right in the middle, and they cut off Asia at the sides. Like, that's how we view the world. We're the center of everything. And most of us just don't know, where is the need? Where are there no workers? Where should we prioritize our work? We're just ignorant. A, a, a Barna study that was done several years ago pulled thousands of active church-going Christians, and they said, have you ever heard of the Great Commission? 51% said they'd never even heard that phrase before. Active church-going Christians in the United States have never even heard of the Great Commission. One out of five could actually tell you what it means. Man, we're just ignorant. We just don't know about the world and we don't know uh, what God's word says about it. The second reason is we're victims of our culture. We are completely self-absorbed. Everything is about us. Just like I was talking about with the map, you know, social media, consumer debt, our whole culture just points to everything about me. My car, my phone, my resume, my savings, my kids, my future, my life. And we, every Christian is sinful, right? And we need to ask God to help us get our eyes off of ourselves and to love our neighbor. Christ came to be a servant for all, and we need to follow in his footsteps. 
We need to get our eyes off of ourselves and help ask God to help us look towards the nations. Uh, the third reason I think the workers are few is that the unreached are hard to reach. It's really hard, guys. They live in jungles and war zones and deserts and are surrounded by the worst poverty you've ever seen. Most of these governments of these unreached places are anti-Christian governments. They've, they persecute Christians. The State Department says that 23 of the 65 uh, nations in the 1040 window have travel warnings. They don't want Americans to even go there. And so, man, the unreached are difficult to reach. You've got to learn a different language, at least one, if not two, that requires some training. And on top of that, you've got to tell your folks that you're going to take their grandkids to the ends of the earth. Reaching the unreached is hard. It's hard to reach them. But Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. He has bought us for the price. We are not our own. And we need to be used by him. This harvest of the unreached and the reached is great and it is growing. And the workers are few and they just got fewer. This has been pretty depressing, right? Okay, this is not super encouraging. So what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do about this vast harvest that's rotting on the vine. Jesus tells us in the same verse, the harvest is great and the workers are few, therefore pray, pray. Jesus tells us to pray. There are very few times in scripture where Jesus asks us to pray for something. This is one of them. Jesus says, I want you to pray. I want you to pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to God to send out workers into the harvest. And guys, I find this verse so puzzling. He says, the harvest is great and the workers are few. And so I expect Jesus to say, so get off your rear end and get to work. That's not what he says. He says, the harvest is great. So pray, pray that God would work. Pray that God would use you. God's word says the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. That's a promise. He's given you a promise, you know. Man, your prayers are powerful. And if you're not feeling righteous, guess what? If you're in Christ Jesus, the gospel makes you righteous. Okay, and you are seen as holy. Christ's righteousness is resting upon you. And God wants you to pray to him powerful things to send out workers into the nations. When we pray, God does stuff he wouldn't have done if we didn't pray. Let me say that again. When we pray, God does stuff he wouldn't have done if we didn't pray. Is that not amazing? How powerful is that? I think prayer is one of the most overlooked Christian disciplines. We have access to the throne of God. Jesus is our intercessor. He is at the throne of God right now. And God's ears, my favorite preacher Spurgeon said, when our words leave our mouth, they go straight into God's ears. God wants to hear your prayers and he wants to answer your prayers. What prayers do we want answered? We want a nation, a world of nations that are far apart and lost and have no access to the gospel to come to know the saving power of Jesus Christ. And we want to see a nation full of bored, sleepy Americans that are consumed by themselves to get their eyes off themselves and to be mobilized, to go into the nations. And to do that, we need to pray. We want to see God educate the ignorant. We want to see God change hearts. And we want to see him mobilize workers to go into the harvest. And Jesus tells us how this is going to happen. He says, pray to make this global crisis your reality, all you have to do is pray. Isn't that awesome? And you get to be involved in what God is doing. I think the main reason we don't pray for this is it's just out of sight, out of mind. It's just the unreached aren't in front of me, right? So what do we need to do? We need to remind ourselves, every person in the room, take out your cell phone. 
okay? But I'm telling you right now, you can pull out your phone in church, it's okay. Pull out your phone, and if you have a Samsung, I can't help you, I don't know what to do, okay? Pull out the clock app, pull out the clock app. Don't check your Instagram, okay? Don't check your group messages, go straight to the clock app and set an alarm, Slide a brand new alarm. And you can set the time for 10.02, okay? Set the alarm for 10.02, we're all doing this right now. And you know what's really cool? This is really cool, this is a pro tip, okay? You can go to repeat every day of the week, perfect. And you can do the sound, you can go to the top and hit vibration, you can make it silent so you're not annoying your workers at work, right? It's in your pocket and you can set the vibrate, okay, to heartbeat. How cool is that? So when it goes off at 10.02, you feel the heartbeat of God asking you to pray for those who've never heard of him. Are we all doing it, okay? Anyone playing Tetris? Okay, we're all right? Give you 10 more seconds to finish that. Luke 10.2, 10.02, are we good? I'm seeing some phones in the air, this is good. Hey, when we are reminded to pray, we need to pray. If you're with someone, pray with them. If you're at a, a meeting, ask, and, you know, with a believer, ask if you can pray with them. Hey, 1002 just went off, let's pray. Ask that God would send out workers. Pray for our workers that are there. Pray for headlines that you see come over about needs in the world, about the crazy takeover in Myanmar, about what's going on in India, about the needs all over the world. I mean, we can pray for the nations if we're just reminded to pray. Okay, let's put our phones away. Okay, are we done? If you're not done with the, the alarm, you can do it later. I realized I just let a thousand cats out in the room and it's all crazy, okay? But let's all bring it back in, okay? Jesus says, hey, I want you to pray for workers. But here's one other sneaky catch, okay? The context of Luke 10, Jesus is about to send out the workers. He's about to send them out to do work, to do ministry. And then he tells them to pray this. So it's not just enough that we pray, but Jesus also wants to use us. He wants us to reach the nations that are around us. There are so many nations around the world. God wants you to maybe cross a cubicle, cross the street, or maybe even an ocean to reach those who are far from him. You know, there are lots of unreached people groups that are actually in Northwest Arkansas because there are so many international students and people from other nations that come here to work. Just a couple weeks ago, I met a woman who came here from India. She got a PhD in electrical computer science or something, way too smart for me. Uh, and she's like, Northwest Arkansas is so awesome, I wanna stay here, right? Isn't it, isn't it true? I love that, okay. Man, there's so many people from all around the world, so how can we reach them? But I just wanna encourage you guys, it's a lot easier than you think. Just a few weeks ago, uh, actually a few months ago, uh, my wife was going out of, time, out of town. She took the girls to visit family. And so I'm like, okay, what am I gonna do? You know, eat ice cream for dinner. Like, you know, I'm gonna have some fun. Uh, and that weekend, there was a Furniture Friends serve day. And I'm like, well, I don't really have any excuses. Like I gotta, you know, I work at the ghost center. I kinda need to do that. And so I signed up to work for Furniture Friends to give furniture that Americans donate and give them to international students and refugees. And so I signed up, I brought my pickup truck. We got some guys, they loaded up my, my pickup truck with all this furniture and they're like, okay, you're going to Shiva's house. I'm like, okay. Shiva, here we go. So we jump in the truck, we go to this apartment complex full of internationals, we get our stuff, we go to the door, knock on the door, open the door, and there's this little Indian looking woman with a bindi on her forehead. And I'm like, hi, we're from Furniture Friends. And she just yelled something in Hindi and walked away. And so I was like, okay. And then Shiva comes out and goes, Furniture Friends! And I was like, hey. He's like, sorry, my wife doesn't speak English. Uh, 
he, come on in, come on. I'm like, okay, we've got your furniture. And so we bring it in. And as we're going into the living room, instead of a TV on the wall was a, a giant gold embossed uh, poster of their Hindu God. And so I'm like, okay, we're going into this. Here we go. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, Shiva, where do you want the desk? And he's like, right there, it's good. Just lay it down. I'm like, okay, lay it down. And we hear his wife yell something from the back and he goes, this is not a good place. We don't need to put this here. I'm like, okay, okay. So we'll pick it up. And so we, we go and put it in the bedroom and we set it up. And then um, we also got him a bed frame. Their bed was on the floor. So we got him a bed frame and we set it all up. And when we're done, he's like, man, thank you guys so much. And I said, he's a PhD student on campus. And I said, Shiva, um, I want you to know this is a gift from American Christians. And we just want you to know that God loves you. And we're glad that you're here. And you're welcome here. And um, is there anything I can pray for you for? And he said, yeah. He goes, you know, I'm really worried about catching COVID on campus and bringing it home. And I'm afraid that if we get it, we won't be able to travel home to see my family. And I said, Shiva, can I pray for that right now? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, right here. He says, yeah, great. And uh, man, he gave me the green light. So I'm praying for everything I can think of. I'm like, God, God bless his marriage. Uh, bless their son they're trying to raise. God, I pray for the furniture doesn't break. Um, God, I pray that you would uh, put Christians in their life to love him and to share the gospel with them and that they would come to know that you are good and you love all nations. And God, I just pray blessings over them. And uh, when I finished, um, guys, it was really kind of amazing. I expected him to kind of stand there awkwardly, you know, as I was praying. You know what he did when I was praying? He was going, oh, he had his arms up and his eyes closed. And as I'm saying, God bless his marriage, he's like, yes, God, yes. Man, he wanted that prayer. He, man, so many nations are much more spiritual than we are. And he loved that. And we shook his hands. I was, I was told later that Shiva took his family to an Easter event that, that Furniture Friends did. And God's still working on their family. But guys, it's a lot easier than you think. You can do this. You can do this. Um, and, and if you're thinking, man, I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not smart enough. Uh, I'm no Bible translator. Man, there, there's no way God could use me. I want to encourage you in Acts 4. I, I, I taught through Acts uh, a couple uh, months ago through a ministry. And uh, this verse just jumped out at me. Acts 4.13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, common men, but they were astonished because they recognized they had been with Jesus. Isn't that awesome? God wants to use you and me to reach people, and we need to prioritize those who are at the ends of the earth. And so God is using many of our New Heights families already all around the world. And so we're going to take a moment to encourage them right now where they're at. When you came in, you were handed a packet and it had um, this encouragement note on it. Okay. And um, just, I know we're all looking at all the paper, but just real quick. Hey, this is the person we want you to encourage and write a note for. But hey, if you're like, no way, man, my best friend's overseas. I want to write a note to them. That's fine. Or if you can't remember who they are, we got a list of all of them on the back. And so you can write an encouragement note to them right now. We gave you a card and a pen. And so you can do that. If you uh, want more cards or you want to write more, hey, there's a table in the back where it says Jesus is worthy banner. You can go to the global table and get more cards. But we're all just going to do that right now and just spend a few minutes to write some encouragement. Hey, you don't have to know this person, but that someone in Fayetteville, Arkansas is writing a card to them means the world to them. They're at the ends of the earth. So let's just take a moment and write some encouraging words for them. Let's just do that right now.
Oh, I forgot. Hey, if you don't wanna use paper or you're at home, there's a QR code and you can scan this and that takes you to a web form and you can uh, send a digital note to our workers. So if you're at home, why don't you do that as well? We want everyone to do this this morning. like another 30 seconds and finish up. some of y'all are, are still writing. When you are done, there's a box out in the lobby where you can drop those cards. Uh, and there's also at the global table in the back, you can drop some of them off there. And I wanna let you know about a couple opportunities and some things coming up. Uh, right now, okay, you can visit some of our global workers because some of them are here. If you miss them in the lobby, we, there's tables of them right there and you can encourage them face to face. Just go out there and Tell them you're praying for them and hear about their ministry. Some of them are about to launch to go overseas and you can go talk to them and, and pray for them. Um, there's a lot of different opportunities on this white piece of paper. If you wanna jump in, there's some great stuff here. If you are interested in getting involved in Furniture Friends, you have furniture or you just wanna learn more, this Wednesday night, we're having at Furniture Friends 101. You're not signing up for anything, but if you just wanna learn more or you wanna check it out, 6.30 at the Go Center, uh, Global Outfitters next to the prayer room. Uh, you can learn more about Furniture Friends. It's got the address. It's all on this piece of paper and you can dive in. We need furniture, but more importantly, guys, we got a warehouse of furniture. We need friends. We need people to step up and to befriend those from other nations that are here. Uh, and we need you to do that. 
if you had communion, I'm gonna go through that with us real quick and then we'll have ministry time. You can pray, you can write more cards and we can worship the Lord together. Uh, if, you, if you've got communion, if you will take it out with me. On that last night, Jesus with his disciples took the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. And he broke it and he gave it to them. He said, take and eat. And likewise, he took the cup and he said, this cup represents my blood that is spilled for you. And what I read in the beginning, I'll read again. Revelation 5, 9 says, Jesus, you are worthy because with your blood, you purchased people of every tribe, tongue, and nation of the earth. Let's take and remember Jesus. And Father, that's our prayer this morning. God, we pray that we would, you would give us the courage to make this global crisis our reality. That takes courage to live out. God, when our phone alarm goes off this week, would you remind us to pray for those at the ends of the earth? Would you send out laborers? God, we are so blessed to be a part of this body that understands your heart for the nations. I talk to so many pastors at so many churches and they don't have a single global Sunday and we're sending out workers all around the earth. God, that is your grace and your mercy on our church that we get to be involved in your global work. And Father, I pray that it wouldn't just be a New Heights thing, but it'd be a personal thing for each one of us. God, would you give us the courage to take the next step? And for each one of us, that's different. God, your word says you give your spirit individually to each one of us. Your spirit gives gifts. God, there are works. Your word says you, you have a created works ahead of us for us to do. God, would you open our eyes to the harvest in front of us? Would you encourage us to pray for our workers? God, would you raise up laborers to go to the ends of the earth so that you can receive the reward you deserve, and that is the worship of all peoples and all nations of the earth. God, would you use us for your work? We're praying that now over New Heights Church. God, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name.